Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. As a small business owner, you're always running. Running to a meeting, running errands, running out of time. Now, one thing you don't have to worry about is running payroll. Meet Roll by ADP, a first-of-its-kind chat-based payroll app that's powered by AI. Roll is the faster, easier, smarter payroll app. So don't overthink it and say hello to a whole new way to payroll. Download the Roll by ADP app today or go to getroll.com slash chat. That's G-E-T-R-O-L-L dot com slash C-H-A-T. And welcome back to Why This Film, the podcast where we pick a movie from your childhood, rewatch it, and have a chat about it. I'm Emily Slade, and welcome back. We watched it so many times before, and now you're gonna watch it again. But it's been so many years since you last saw it, and now you show it to your friends, and they're like, What? What am I watching? Why? What? Why? Why this film? And this week I'm joined by Alan. Hello. Hello. And his chosen movie is Flight of the Navigator 1986. The IMDb breakdown is, in 1978 a boy travels eight years into the future and has an adventure with an intelligent wisecracking alien ship. What's your relationship with this movie? (laughs) Yeah, I don't think this film's not going to be that well known. No, uh, I'd like vague. I was aware it was on my radar, but I kept mixing it up with Explorers with um, yeah, yeah, one of yeah. the Phoenix Brothers. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I, for me, this I, I picked this film specifically because I haven't watched it in so long. Right. Um, and it's something I remember from my childhood. Me and my sister. My sister's a couple of years older, so mm-hmm. we're quite close in age. And we, I, I don't know, I don't remember ever watching it. It's not like, oh, we always, we had it on video, we watched it all the time. It's just something that's in our consciousness. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure why. I don't know where we watched it. We certainly didn't watch it at the cinema, you know, we, we're not that old. But mm. um, it must have just been on TV or something. Yeah. And, and I, and I, and it, I, I kind of picked it because I don't know anything about this film other than some very vague memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, like I am the definitely. film guy, so uh-huh. like I, I, that's quite unusual for me to yeah. have a film I don't know. And yeah, it's definitely still there in your brain, and you're yes. like, this rings so hard of my childhood, and yeah, yes. no idea why. And, and specific those. memories with my sister as well, like yeah. like tying to her. Uh, but then there's nothing like oh we always used to say this line or anything say, like that. There's did you, like, no quote it? no there's no resonance at all. It's just this <laughs> weird vague memory, <laughs> bonded memory. Yeah, which is why so I, which is why you know with this opportunity I, I decided to go for it because it was like the other things I was thinking about was like labyrinth, which I know you've done before anyway. Yeah. But it's like I've seen that so many times I know it, and mm. so when I was thinking like yeah, I have no idea what this film is. But yeah. I definitely remember it. Yeah, I as I say, it was like on. I was aware of its existence, but I, I knew absolutely nothing about it. I'd never seen it, and I'd made. I'd never even seen like a weird old nostalgia critic review of it. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's not like, even. Yeah, it's not even a cult yeah, <laughs> favorite. I, <laughs> I knew it existed, but I like other than that, nothing. And I didn't look anything up before I watched it, so I was pleasantly surprised with the plot. <laughs> Um, to be honest, because yeah, that gives everything away. But when you're watching it, not knowing what's going on, mm. it's it actually becomes really good. Well, I I also didn't read anything up about it before I watched it, but I made some notes. Mm. I wrote down before I started 
what I remembered of it. So oh, I, yeah. I'll read that to you now. Uh-huh. Because, so this is what I remembered before watching the film, okay? So see how accurate I was. <laughs> Uh, young boy goes off in a big flying silver saucer thing. Yeah. Okay, so that's pretty snap. That's pretty basic. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker is a tea lady that helps him escape from some kind of institution. Yes. Now that's vague, <laughs> boy. Is right, isn't it? She's not really a tea lady exactly. Well, that's how I remember. And I remembered it was her. Mm. And weirdly, like that's my reference of Sarah Jessica Parker. Amazing. Like, believe it or not, I've never really watched Sex in the City. <laughs> Even though I'm obviously in the demographic, but yeah, absolutely. But, um, it's for you. What are you talking about? And like, other than like, she's in Edward and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't, the odd thing, but like, that's my reference point for Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Is this weird little character in this thing? Um, then my next note was: I think the ship talks to him like Knight Rider, which <laughs> which is true. Yeah. Uh, and but I couldn't really remember anything specific. Uh, and then I put at the end he comes back the same age but his brother is 10 years older which is actually the beginning that's basically the exciting incident so I knew that happened and then I put something to do with fireworks on a roof which is correct (laughs) yeah that's true and the other thing that I decided not to write down because I decided it was ridiculous and I'd made it up was that Sarah Jessica Parker had a robot sidekick but she did (laughs) and I thought and I didn't write it down because I'm I'm mixed that up with something Uh, I'm thinking of Rocky 4 or something (laughs) short circuit no that's 100% accurate (laughs) so it's a Disney movie well kind of yes Uh, Disney bought the distribution rights for it they didn't make it right I was gonna say because it kind of it felt especially in 1986 it felt a weird thing to be part of the Disney company and yet the like came up immediately and I was like what the fuck this is Disney how how have I never heard of it if it's Disney well yeah I mean I got it on DVD and it's there's no mention of Disney on the cover or anything like that it's not sold as a Disney product it's like vaguely on the poster here on IMDb yeah it's basically what happened was they did I think they pitched it to Disney and they didn't want it and then they made it with an independent production company my first note actually when I was watching the film was these are not big movie big name production companies when those names come up at the beginning (laughs) you're like who the hell is this <laughs> so there's one company that made it, and then uh, a Norwegian company called Viking Films that put in some money as well as part of okay. it was filmed in Norway. Oh, okay. I, I've read about all this after. Yeah, this. I don't just have yeah. this information in my head. <laughs> so, uh, so then they made it, and they Disney picked it up for distribution. So obviously saw enough in it, like, but it was after Michael Eisner took over Disney, and it was like one of the first yeah. things they picked up right. in that kind of era. Okay, in yeah. the sort of shit era of yeah, Disney yeah, before yeah. Oh, I know they all started about that. doing. <laughs> Beauty and Before the, the Renaissance. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I think this really falls into that kind of we're just churning out crap. Kids and, yeah, and like my sort of, not to skip ahead or anything, but my sort of overall feel after watching this, I was like, for the first 10 minutes, I was like, <laughs> and then they're like, <laughs> Is that good? <laughs> and then they're like, Basically what happens, to sort of dive straight in, is like some shit happens. Like nothing's happening. We're just establishing a fucking family. There's like a dog frisbee competition. What? <laughs> America? Do you know what? what? No, I, I, I like, why, why do we not have more dog frisbee competitions? This looks like it'd be great spectator sport. Opening credits <laughs> is just dogs catching frisbees for like five solid minutes. I was Actually, like, oh boy. It does give a nice moment because it, it pretends it's a flying saucer. It's like pretending as if it's a flying saucer it's thing and then a fair. dog comes up and grabs it. It's a nice little visual. 
if you went to the park and there was a dog frisbee competition going oh, on, you'd God. sit there and watch it. Wouldn't I mean, probably. nice sunny day. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but like for this opening movie called Flight of the Navigator, which I had no idea what it was about. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> and we established, that, like, we established this horrific relationship between these two brothers where they, like, dick on each other all the time. He even says to him, you'll never see your ninth birthday, I promise. I was like, <laughs> wow, I never threatened to kill my sister. Like, oh, really? Jesus. That little argument, t- uh, argument between them... It's supposed to just create a bit of tension and all that, but it, it, it felt quite—it felt quite like this is genuine. the sort of thing a kid would just shout. At, you know? Yeah, it's like I—I I was like blurting it because I just watched five minutes of dogs catching frisbees, but and like it—it it does. It's—it actually ties in, and I had no idea what I was in store for, so I was yeah, like, what yeah, the yeah. "Fuck!" But it all ties in very nicely. Like it's ultimately a very charming movie. Like it's very nice. Um, and then this kid, as he's going to collect his brother in the woods, he's like, oh, Bruiser, which is the name of the dog, I just don't know what I want out of life anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, you're ten. You're fucking ten. Your biggest problem is that that girl in the boat, Susie, who is a subplot that goes nowhere. <laughs> it's just established that he's 12, actually. So 12. that's why he's interested in girls. 10-year-olds are interested in girls. I, I just... Yeah, there's a whole setup as well where he's, like, spying on this girl on the boat. And you're like, oh, I wonder where this is going to go to. Maybe Sarah Jessica Parker is her as an adult. And then he yeah. meets up with her. And, and, no, nothing. nothing. Just, no, just, just a bit of stalking. just establishing him as a bit of a, you know, a, a, a little kid with little kid problems. Fair. But, yeah, I, when, they, when he says... I just don't know what I'm doing in my life anymore. I, I, I couldn't tell if it was sarcastic. Is it being... No, is it like? Is genuine. it him like... I don't <laughs> know what that was trying to do. Like, I, yeah, so he goes into the woods and his brother like scares him and then runs off. And he's like, for fuck's sake. And he gets distracted by like... I don't even know what he was looking at. Nothing, really. Yeah. But he's like, oh, the budget couldn't give us anything to look at. But oh, no. <laughs> and then he falls into the stitch and then he sort of wakes up and it's sort of insinuated that it's it's been a, a while like an hour maybe yeah he's um, it's actually been four it? hours but it's actually it, and this is the thing because I was like oh my god this fucking movie and like it was going on and it was going on and he woke up and he came back to his house and then like this random old lady answered the door not his mum and I was suddenly like oh okay okay something's what's going on here then <laughs> and he's like it's really it's really heartfelt. He's like running in his house. He's like, where's my mom and dad? Yeah. And he's like crying. And these old people are like, Jesus Christ, let's call the police. And the police like are like, we found him on this missing poster, but look at the date. And I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God, what's going on? It's so good. I was like, how many years have passed? How many, how, like, how, where are, are they dead? Like, what's going on? Is is this like the future future? Or is it only like, oh God, what's going on? Have they moved out? The, like, I was suddenly so, because they'd taken this time to establish the family yeah. and all of these relationships that I was like, nah, 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 across. But because they'd done that, it was now like in my being. Oh, you're, you're doing all this like, oh, it's crap. It's, it's about 12. Minutes. It's like that <laughs> standard, like before the inciting incident. But, um, but it's but, interesting yeah. your kind of excitement at that, and like the, the because I knew what it was. Yeah. Obviously, I thought it happened at the end, but as soon as he woke up, I was like, oh yeah, he goes back now, and it's like. 
And so I, when I was watching this, it wasn't exciting at all. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's interesting to see your reaction to that. I'm so glad I didn't. Even even the IMDb thing, it takes it takes all the mystery away because I didn't have yeah. a clue what was going to happen. And I thought it was going to be about this fucking kid or whatever. And it was, basically. But, like, but yeah, so basically he's travelled... And it's because we're seeing it from his point of view and we're discovering things as he's discovering it. And that's very exciting to be as trapped and as scared as this poor little boy that's like, where the fuck are my parents? Mm. And they're like, oh, they're here. And obviously they look different, like in Back to the Future. This is another thing because, they, okay, yeah, I do like when he's running around the, the house and there's this, this kind of older couple just like, oh, what's wrong with you, son? Yeah. And... Uh, I like that. I, I, I like that this kid, it, it, the film's not afraid to make him a kid. Yeah. Like, he's 12 years old, but he's in that period where you're like, you want to be an adult, but you're not. But and, you're not, yeah. And, you yeah. know, that's a scary situation. You're going to sit on the floor and cry. Mm. But I think in a lot of films, you get the prodigious kid who's just so much smarter and, and yeah, worldly and it's just like, than they Well, I guess i got to figure out what's going on. But he just sits on the floor and sobs. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God. And it made me incredibly empathetic. I was like, fucking mm. hell. I would not be okay in that situation. <laughs> and he's not. But then when he we have the reunion with the parents, the police take him to where his parents now live. And he kind of runs up to them. And then he, but there's that moment where he's like, oh, no, hang on. They, he notices that it looked wrong. And he, I, I didn't like yeah. that because like, they didn't look that much different. It just looked like maybe but they, they hadn't had a good when, night's sleep. When you consider that, like, um, the, the last, he thinks... No time has passed. He thinks it's been like five minutes, and suddenly they're like, they're like haggard looking in their hair. They're not haggard look. looking. No, they're about forty-two. To look haggard <laughs> because they've also been parents that have lost the child. had a presumed dead child for eight years. Yeah. Um, but the, the, my, okay, I guess my problem is they don't look that haggard to me when I was fair. watching it. And uh, but also like I think. It, it just needed a more of a moment where they have a big reunion and like, oh yeah, like they don't look at him, which is much more obvious, and go, what the fuck? This kid isn't sixteen. Yeah, this is how yeah, we. Yeah. Uh, and they just hug him because it's like it doesn't matter. It doesn't, and none of that matters because our, our son is back. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he should be having because, all right, in his head, it's only been a few hours, but he's been at the police station. He's totally scared. It's true. So just have that moment kids. where they're where they're they're hugging and stuff, but then have like a, they step back and and they go. How, how, how is this possible? And he yeah. goes, "What do you mean? What's happened to your hair? Why are you bald?" Yeah. Or, or have something more obvious, like the dad's like totally bald. But you know, something yeah. a little bit more. Obvious. I know what you mean. I found because I was very much through the eyes of a child at this point, and I was like, "That is the scariest thing ever." Because especially as an adult, you're like, "My God, you've missed out on all these years with your family, and like they've been through trauma that now you're gonna have to like." It's just so many things running in my brain. I was like, this is terrifying. And everyone's just a bit like, oh, God, what's going on? He's back. That's amazing. That's overwhelming. I'm going to ignore the fact that he's definitely still, like, 12 years old. And he's like, ah, I'm Canny Valley. Who are these strange people? But they're kind of like, I guess they're my parents. But also, like, everything's so weird. Are they my parents? Are they, like, alien parent? Like, what the fuck's going on? (laughs) He whisks off to the hospital. And then I thought the best reveal was the, like, the silhouetted, shadowy figure in the doorway. And he's like, where's my brother? And they're like, he's right here. And he's like, that's not my brother. Because he's obviously like 17 now. This like this kid that was like seven is now like a te- like a like an old teenager. Yeah. And um, oh, it's so sweet. He walks in and he's just like, hey, dude. And I was like, <laughs> this is so sad. <laughs> not, not to sort of give too much away straight away, but I think 
I like a lot of the concepts in this film. I don't think they're very well done. I, uh, I would agree it, with that. It's like the writing isn't particularly good. Like that scene, for example, where the brother comes in, it's like, they could make so much more of it. It's just like, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of, everything feels thrown away. Yeah. And actually there's very little in the way of plot in the whole film. Uh, yeah, I mean, I say it's charming and that's like the best compliment I can give to it. Because once this whole mystery like really kept me grabbed and I was like, oh my God, we're, we're coming back and we're meeting the family and it's been eight years. And, and then like NASA takes over him and then I start to get a bit like, <sighs> again. And then we have the what's essentially the main plot of the movie in the yeah. third act, which is him dicking about in this spaceship with mm. this like weird-voiced alien stick, light, tinfoil thing. And I was like, cool, this is why no one's ever heard of this. (laughs) It's really fucking boring and dumb. Yeah, But, like, you're right, there's some really fascinating ideas that start off being done really well because, like, I think the actors are doing their best with what they've been given and Mm. it's a really interesting concept. And the mystery is unravelled so well if you don't know that that's the plot. If I knew, I'd be like, get on with it. We all know that he's gone eight years in the future. I think that's kind of what I had with it. Yeah. Because I've seen it before or at least remembered enough about it. But yeah, just quickly about the actors. Um, So the parents are... um, Kind of, I I recognise them. I mean, one of them is... um, so the mother oh, is Veronica shit. Cartwright, who I know from Alien, but she's in sort of all sorts of things. A very famous uh, actor. Yeah. And then the father is Cliff the Young, who it was like one of those faces, like yeah, I know him from something. I looked up his IMDb, and there was like five things that I've definitely seen with him in, but I uh, just like can't ooh. remember him specifically in anything. But yeah. it's just one of those faces. It's just still sort of everywhere. So it's a good sort of solid kind of dependable cast in that sense. Yeah. The little kid is okay. Like the, the little kid didn't go on to do anything much else so no but it, it, he delivers like there's um there's a moment where he's yeah with the with the parents and the the nasa people are sort of like they're going to take him away and he's crying and he doesn't want to be taken away yeah. really nice moments but um but yeah ultimately i just i think if anything the, the writing is letting down there because yeah. it's just so much of it is kind of vacuous and yeah it, it's, it's superficial i guess it's, and like it's like it's like they were someone had some really good ideas and they took it into the meeting and they were like yeah great just like yeah, we'll take your first draft. And he was like, are you sure? Because I can work on this a bit more. And they were like, that's for kids. Kids don't care. Yeah. And I yeah. think if you were a kid and you were watching it, you could be entertained. But, I mean, you put it against other kids' stuff. I mean, like, anything that's coming out of the Pixar studios, anything like that, that has themes and, like, importance and groundbreaking stuff attached to it. This is a Sunday night, 4 p.m., and it's not even a good Sunday night 4pm. Like, again, <laughs> you put it up against, like, other stuff that was coming out at that time that was live action, like Labyrinth or, like, anything mm. like Never Ending Story, The Goonies. Yeah. It's still not as good as that stuff because it just... It's, like, three acts. There's, like, a time travel thing where he's re- reunited with his family that they don't really make the most of. There's dicking about in the spaceship with the alien and the stupid jokes there. And then there's, like, the sort of beginning and end that ties... Mm-hmm. the movie together and like yeah so like I did, I went on a whole roller coaster where I was like this sucks oh no I'm on board oh no this sucks okay <laughs> it's ended now well that's what I think I think it's it's nice ideas there mm. but um the uh, the the ship it's no we'll come on to that later I was, I was gonna talk about the actor um so yeah so 
basically what happens is the the secret government guys who are NASA in this case <laughs> you know they 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 sort of take him and this was a, another element because everyone's like oh no we don't you know we don't want to take him back like, it, it, it just it didn't feel like it got we got the importance of this kid has not aged in yeah, eight years like that right. is a physical impossibility like we are we are investigating new realms of science here because yeah. this is not possible. The closest we got to it was um, when he's talking to his brother. He was like, I'm scared. And he's like, I know, but it's we'll figure it out. And there's no sort of side out of the corridor away from the small kid conversation between family or NASA that are like, what the fuck? <laughs> that kid has not aged in eight years. Where's he been? What the fuck? <laughs> Like, no one's freaking out to the extent that they should be. And yeah. I get that they're not doing it in front of the 12-year-old who's like, um, <laughs> I'm a little bit freaked out. And I was like, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. I just needed, yeah, like a side moment with some adults going, oh, my fucking God. But the whole thing is, like, he, the kind of the, basically the, the plot of the film is, like, he wants to go back to his family and get out of this NASA base. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of where he's, his character his journey is. But the, the problem with that is, it's like, I appreciate he wants to be out of this institution and they don't explain things to him very well. Mm. Like, it's keeping him in the dark too much. But, like, everybody else in the world is going to be going, yeah, no, we need to do some tests on this kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, even the parents must be going, you know, maybe the best place for him is over there. Like, they should let us be there with him. We can be Yeah. Like, but, like, yeah, this kid needs to be tested because something weird Because it, it's very scary. And, like, for a lot of the movie, I, I was like, oh, it's Disney, so I'm sure it'll be all right in the end. But there was a point where it just kept dragging that I was like, fucking hell, this kid is never getting back to 1976. <laughs> like, Jesus, he's just going to be in this lab his entire life. And that's what the kid thinks. And, like, so the spaceship starts to talk to him. And I didn't understand that either. I didn't really get the sort of relationship between him and the spaceship. I still don't, can't tell you where he was for eight years. I mean, he travelled in light speed, which is like Narnia. So if you're out in space for four hours, <laughs> it's actually been eight years. And shit like that and like the spaceship's not threatening i thought the aliens were going to be evil but like they're not and he's the navigator of this ship which is what i got from the title of the movie yeah, yeah. other than that i can't tell you what the fuck happened well i can kind of explain the time dilation thing to you but it doesn't really work in this context basically the idea is that the faster you speed of light uh, time slows down yeah no, you I, like, the speed of light. I, I but, sort of got the concept but i don't because he couldn't remember, and we never have flashbacks of where he's been or what he was up to. Was he out? Was he Ender's gaming in space? Was yeah. he out fighting a war? Was he out piloting a ship? Like, what was he doing for those eight years? Or did he just? Well, make no. For contact? him, for him, the eight years haven't passed. That's the point. No, 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 so, no, no. I know, but like, what? Why have eight years passed? Like, where? What was happening in the ditch? Like, what made contact with him? What? what like, do you know what I mean? Like, what? What happened when he fell into the ditch and then woke up eight years later? What happened in that time? Well, I guess the idea is he got the the ship came in. He they put him on the ship. Some aliens put him on the ship. I don't and know, then what did what, like? Do you know what I mean? It's not really explained. No. Because well, well, the, the idea is like... they flew back to the planet that they came from, did some bit of experiment on him, flew back to drop him back on Earth. Right. And, and the problem with that is because they've been travelling at the speed of light, yeah, that yeah, four yeah. hours to them is eight years on Earth. Yeah. Although that doesn't make any okay. sense with the actual distances. They, no. But, but okay, know, so the, the idea was that he was essentially abducted by aliens and experimented on. Yes. Okay, that's fine. Because I didn't get that at all. I was like, what the fuck's been happening? Why does... 
does this alien know it? Because then the aliens aren't even threatening. They're just like, hello, I'm a piece of tinfoil on a stick. How are you? Let's go fucking make some jokes about Tokyo. I don't know. <laughs> but they, the, the idea is they, they find out that the human brain only uses 10% of its capacity, which right. is obviously a nonsense thing that some people say, which apparently in 1986 was fine. And... So they decide, like, oh, let's see what happens if we just, like, ram this brain full of information. Right. And so that's why he's got all this information in his brain. Right. That he the, can't like, really space access. invaders text that keeps yes. coming up. So they, that was the experiment they decided to do on this human. Right. They just thought, oh, let's fuck about with this thing. <laughs> but then they drop him back off. And then the idea is that the ship was looking at some daisies and accidentally hit a pylon. Right, 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 right. And then that knocked out his navigation computers for whatever reason. Okay. So it was like, oh shit, I can't navigate anymore. Oh, wait, I put a load of navigation stuff into that kid. I'm, I can, I'm with you. I can go and find him again. So then the, yeah, so then the ship's like, come to me. <laughs> and I was like, don't do it. But actually you're meant to be like, yay, go to the alien spaceship. <laughs> but I'd seen too many movies as an adult that I was like, nope, that's a bad idea. But he does, he escapes, thanks to Sarah Jessica's Parker's robot friend. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Okay, so yeah, he's in this institution. He's been in there for about three minutes. With Sarah, <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker turns up, so they don't even have like a montage of him being bored or anything like that. No. Sarah Jessica Parker turns up and she's like, "Oh yeah, I brought you a cup of tea." And oh look, I've got this robot with me. Yeah, she has a robot <laughs> just, for no reason. Just for to no slow reason. her down. <laughs> Literally, no reason whatsoever. It's just this big, like, trash compactor robot that's like. Pardon me, coming through. And that's how it announces itself. And then it's like, goodbye. And you're like, wow, okay. And it's not like a cool design robot. No, it's basically a box it's a with box a flashing with light on it. On it. Um, and Sarah Jessica Parker's there being kind of creepy. Talking. She's like 20? Yeah, she's obviously supposed to be young. She, they describe her as an intern at one point. Yeah, she's like a So she's probably like a college intern. age, I guess. Yeah. And she's like, you're cute. Has a girl ever told you that before? And it's like... He's twelve. <laughs> yes, he's 12. and it's not like he's twelve, but like he's he's uh, you know wise beyond his years, mm-hmm. and like every, and he's very cool. He's you know, he's just a pretty stuff. He's twelve, <laughs> and they have to have the whole thing. I didn't mind it because I was still kind of on board with this point, where it's like, why isn't Stark seeing Hutchon anymore? Are you kidding? <laughs> They cancelled that show years ago. <laughs> well, what is this? You've never seen a music video before? Oh my gosh, it's been eight years. Look how much has changed. Do they still do Coca-Cola? Well, that depends. <laughs> do you want all these flavors of Coca-Cola? And I was like, I get it. We're in the future. You can stop now. <laughs> but that's it. It's like this... Surely not that much has changed since 1976 <laughs> and 1980, whatever. But it's the classic sort of fish out of water stuff. But... Yeah, they can't they really just, do it because it's, it's only like, been eight years. Exactly. So it just they like work. just sort of slip it in there to be like, ah, ah, <laughs> trope, tick. But that's it. Like, the best they can come up with is that Starsky and Hutch has gone off. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the big. That's the, the major now. change. Yeah, MTV is probably the new biggest new thing. And, and Twisted Sister is a male pop group, and he's <laughs> like, huh? Gender politics have sure changed. <laughs> it, yeah, it like. I was like, I get what we're doing, but like, it's like you don't even want to be doing this. Yeah, like, it was like real token stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was very funny. He doesn't even get his McDonald's that he asks for. <laughs> yeah, and I assume the company was vaguely um, 
sponsored by Coca-Cola because that's in there a lot. <laughs> maybe, maybe there was. Like they have a conversation passion. about it. She talks about the different flavors. Then when we go to that stupid fucking place that we're definitely going to have to talk about, where he's mistaken as a tourist attraction. Um, <laughs> yeah, the guys. The, the guys drinking Coke and there's like a Coca-Cola poster on the window behind him. So I was like. Mm-hmm. Can, know, yeah. can you put it in your movie if you don't have licensing rights from Coca-Cola? I don't know about that, but you can certainly, um, yeah, do sponsorship. Uh, what's it called? Product placement. Yeah. Very, uh, very it looks, popular. It looks like Michael Bay-esque product placement. <laughs> Maybe not in 1986. No, probably, if anything, it was more prevalent then. That's true. But yeah, so Sarah Jessica Parker's there. Yeah, and she seems, she's sort of fine, pre but she's kind of, yeah. Sex in the City. She's I've had a lot of pre-Sex in the City Sarah Jessica Parker lately. Have you? It's, um, yeah, it's funny when she was in Hocus Pocus, being completely batshit crazy. She's in this, being kind of weird. I only, I don't know anything about Sarah Jessica Parker. I've never seen Sex in the City. I've not really, I knew her from Mars Attacks. That's what I knew her uh, from. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and even then, I didn't really know her. Um, but I know the like backlash of Sex in the City about how the the TV show is so big and beloved, and then the movies were so not. Yeah. And yeah, just all of her red carpet disasters were like always big in magazines and stuff. <laughs> and yet she's here in the eighties, like having a fairly decent acting career in a lot of kids movies as well. She's yeah. fascinating. I'm going to Google her a lot when this is over. Yeah. I don't know who she is, really. <laughs> what she is, mm. I guess. I did, wasn't, wasn't she in, like, a Matthew McConaughey-driven, like, romantic comedy? Like, they were yeah, the two principals. Yeah, to launch, I think it was called. It was? Like, she's just had... I don't think she's had to have a day job the whole time that she's been an actor. She seems like she's had a very successfully solid career. Mm. So, like, good on her. I just never knew about her do you know what I mean she was just never on my she's radar never quite made there's someone to care about a real big splash and then you, but she you, had sex in the city exactly but TV is a slightly different world and then and also when that started which was what 2004 something like that yeah something like that that was TV was still kind of TV is a much bigger thing now than it was yeah. 15 years ago I imagine that was one of the first big shows yeah like The Sopranos was on by then The Wire was on The Wire was never that big it was just very mm. acclaimed but yeah, that was when TV was a bit of a renaissance, and I guess Sex and yeah. the City was part of that. Mm. Good for you, Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> okay, so we're on the Sarah Jessica Parker train. <laughs> we're all on board. With her purple hair <laughs> and a fucking robot. <laughs> so yeah, but she's actually quite a small part in the film. She facilitates him getting out, basically. Again. She doesn't even help him escape. The robot comes by itself. Yes. She's not even there when that happens. And that whole scene is so lacking in tension. There's a scene yeah. where he gets in the robot and the robot basically drives him to the spaceship, which is on the other side of the, you know, whatever, NASA base. And it's like there's some music on it, but the music doesn't work to build attention. And like he passes a security guard and he's like looking through a little slit and, and then he passes something else. And it's like... But there just there was no tension. It was just it's like, like watching someone on a journey. Yeah, and it just needed to be that moment where someone stopped it, or, or you know, it just needed some tension. Or you yeah. know, have Sarah Jessica Parker walking with them, and they're like, "Why you need to go there? Oh, yeah. I'm delivering the mail for this." And, yeah, exactly. You know, what? Some, give me something. It was but just... again, I think it's because they decided that this movie was going to be about a kid and his like robot friend flying <laughs> around the country, and that's 
sort of what they were like, yeah, okay, fuck all the light, let's get to this bit. Mm. Yeah, okay, fuck it. You just need to get to the spaceship. Yeah, he's on the spaceship now. We can use our special effects. <laughs> well, just <sighs> speaking of that, so I think the the film, like, there's a lot of bits there that the film um, doesn't get. Um, it doesn't get everything out of the, the situation that it's created. And I think that's partly down to the direction. Like, so that scene, for mm-hmm. example, like just even as it's filmed, put some better music on it. Yeah. Just have a bit more interaction with it. Like the 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 way you edit it. Like the the direction of that is could be so much better. Yeah. But do you know who the director is? No. So this is the guy who is uh, what's his name? Let me say it. So the guy is Randall Kleiser, who directed Grease and <laughs> things like. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh my god, that's uh, meant to be like a classic. Like some pretty good. Oh like, fucking the Blue Lagoon. Stuff. Blue Lagoon, absolute classic. Holy yeah. shit! So like this guy is not like a TV director who's just like hired. 2006's Red Riding Hood. Yeah, that's with uh, what's Henry Cavill in it. Yeah, I think it was Sam. Um, don't know what thingy, it was. Wasn't it? But, but yeah, this... like solid career in the sort of seventies, eighties. Yeah, and. Like yeah, fairly family friendly kind of nonsense. But like Greece is a classic, you know. It's and as a as a as a piece of direction, like taking something from the stage and making it work on screen. Actually, it's a really good piece of work. Yeah. And this feels just really lacking. Yeah. And just lackluster. It's like he did it for the money. Yeah. <laughs> a little, a little bit, like. But also, this is, I don't think this is like a big end high budget thing. It certainly doesn't feel like it. No. I watched this on a DVD that I bought, and the, like, the video quality was quite poor. It's not like a good transfer. Yeah. But I guess that's just because nobody cares to, I, to yeah. do it. Yeah. I mean, properly. I watched it on YouTube, and it was just, it was just a movie. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, uh, but that's what I, I don't really know where this film sits. Yeah, it's not. Good enough to be a charming family classic from the 80s mm. when you compare it to what was coming out at that time. It's not a groundbreaking sci fi. I'm trying to think what it's on par with. It's very much. I don't know who would enjoy it. That's exactly what I said. Like, Do you know what I mean? Because I, obviously I know this from my childhood, but I think as a child I would be bored by this. It's too slow. Yeah. There's not enough happening. And I love children's movies. And even children's movies that people are like, it was a piece of trash. I was like, you shut your mouth doing what you're talking about. This one I was like, I'm done now. <laughs> I'm okay for this film. But that's because be there's not a lot of plot, but there's not even like wacky characters to keep no, you going. Like, it's like, there's the, not... The jokes aren't very good. The commentary isn't particularly interesting. They're like... Acting's kind of bland with what they've given. They don't they don't delve into the interesting stuff. It's it's kind of heartfelt, you know. I I shed a tear or two here and there, but like you know, I cry at the circle of life segment <laughs> from The Lion King when nothing's even happening yet. Yeah, and the the emotional stuff is kind of just thrown away a bit too much. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's not I could, dealt with. I could apply yeah. um, more emotion to it. <clears throat> so again, to sort of skip to the end. He, well, no, we won't skip to the end, but I'll talk about that. There. Put a bit in that because <laughs> it's again. I thought the ending kind of got me. It yeah. like because well, he's doing these wacky adventures with this fucking spaceship, and we'll go into more detail about that. But then they make this whole thing of him coming back to the family because he's lost in space or whatever, and he's he's coming back to the house, and they're setting off the fireworks to search show him, and NASA's there, and the family are there, and. And Sarah Jessica Parker's there trying to keep it a secret from NASA that he's coming back to his family. And it's like, it was quite tense the whole like quick getting back to the family without NASA knowing. Mm. 
And then he arrives, and I was like, cool, brilliant, end of the movie. And then he, like, steps out of the spaceship, and then he's like, no, this isn't my home. And I was like, wait, what? Like, it, I just assumed you were going to stay here yeah. in, like, the 1980s and just be chill with it. But it makes sense for him to actually want to go back in time because they do set that up. It's like the reason we didn't put you back in your normal time is because you would have been vaporized. So I was like, cool, that writes that off. Guess we're staying in the 80s then. But the, the problem with that, <clears throat> the problem with that is that that emotional turn from him is not set up. No. The, he's not like he's always going, no, I just want to go back to where yeah. I belong. I just want and to that's go back. why I think I was so surprised by it because I was like, yeah. oh, okay. And we haven't really had enough time with him and his family. Like, if it's, if the, if we had a little montage of him spending three months with his family and he like mm. he realizes he doesn't fit in, he tries to go back to school and he can't fit, <laughs> yeah. you know something like that that makes him go, I have to go back, mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, yeah. just give me something, just anything. And that this just... is the thing because the minute he said that, I was like, oh yeah, of course it's a Disney movie and he won't be vaporized and he'll go back in time and it'll be fine. Yeah. And then he did. Yeah. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Someone thought that out. Someone got paid to write this. Um, and, or maybe they didn't. I don't know. I can't assume this, that. This feels like something where people didn't get paid. Like, the company went bust and everybody had to sue. And... Um, so he does. He goes, he met, He wins time travel and he goes back in time. The time travel segment was kind of cool. I was like, no, it's trippy. I'm on board. It's fine. Um, and then he, like, wakes up where he was and he goes back home and his family are there. And, and they force a sort of life lesson on it. Where, like, he sits down and he's like, Mom, I love you. And she's like, Aw, I love you too. And I was like, Aw, that's great. Because, like, a 12-year-old wouldn't do that. We've learned a valuable lesson about, like, telling our parents that we love them in case we suddenly lose them, which is really sweet. And then he turns to his brother, and I didn't expect this, and he's like, You know what, Jeff? I love you too. (laughs) And I was like... I'm gone. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) Crying. (laughs) Fuck you, movie. (laughs) You sucked. And now you're making me cry. Um, And the the entire family are like, what the fuck? (laughs) And the small kid is like, what the fuck? And I'm like... Yeah, I thought that was really sweet. But it... it, It's... It's forced and there's no establishing. It's just because I cry at everything mm. that I was like. <laughs> I think that's that all right because he's had this major experience and they, as far as they're concerned, it's like twenty minutes. And yeah. So like he's coming over emotional and they're like, mm, okay. Like, Is he so gonna like... need therapy now? <laughs> like I'm not gonna assume that he needs therapy, but like he literally travelled through time and flew into space, yeah. and now he's got to go back to doing like algebra. <laughs> what? Well, that's the, the thing with like. What he's actually experienced is very little mm. in terms of like, oh, I've learned something. Like if he'd been alive and experiencing for eight years and then come back and had an age, that's a bigger thing. Yeah, that's fair. But he hasn't really. It's Nothing been like a really day happened. in yeah. the future. But yeah, I thought he was going to like bump into a young Sarah Jessica Parker and like start a romance there or something. But like there's none of that, which like, you know, I'm not because I was kind of like, oh, Oh, well, I'm glad they haven't made it about him finding romance as an important aspect of this movie. But I also just wonder then what Susie and Sarah Jessica Parker's point was in terms of their relationship with this character. The kid at the beginning, the Susie kid at the beginning is just obviously establishing, oh, look, he's like 12 years old. He's kind of getting interested in girls and his dad's giving him advice and stuff. You know, it's just sort of establishing it. It doesn't then prove helpful for any of the preceding adventures. It just, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not, not going to justify it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, but one thing I did notice about little end scene, though, he tells his mum he loves him, he says to the brother, well, doesn't, doesn't say it to his dad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and as to you, dad, fuck you. <laughs> Dad's just like, you didn't oh. save me from NASA, you <laughs> didn't give a shit. <laughs> Uh, so to jump back a bit, yes, uh, the ship, space. the ship. So as the kid is being found and and they're sort of testing him, some other people in NASA find the uh, spaceship mm-hmm. that's um, knocked into a pylon, and <laughs> and you can tell they're knocked into a pylon because there's a pylon on the ground like with sparks coming off it, yeah. and people just walking around like that's perfectly safe. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, but there's some really nice. I really like the ship. The, the visuals yeah. of the ship, the design of it, is kind of a weird uh, sort of... It's like a pod. Yeah. Like a silver pod. It's like a, um, a seed pod, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's like a seed pod. Like, but it's a very cool design. It looks very spaceshipy and aerodynamic. Mm. It changes shape at one point. And stuff yeah. Like that. And when they've got it, like, strapped to a... Uh, a truck with a, uh, a tarpaulin over it, it's like, it still looks really cool. It's driving yeah. down the highway and all that. I liked all that stuff. And I think the ship in general, worked very nicely. The way that they could just move it really easily, it was just, it had this kind of weird physics to it that felt otherworldly. Again, it was like someone really cared and thought about it and then it got stuck in this movie. Yeah, but this is, the ship is CGI um, sometimes. Sometimes it's a model, sometimes CGI. Actually, some of it's stop motion, apparently. Oh, nice. The steps, when the steps come out and are created, that's a stop motion effect, oh, which cool. is why it looked laid on. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the ship, when it's moving around, changes shape and stuff, is CGI, which is 1986. Okay. It's, like, it's relatively simple because it's just a kind of blob. Yeah. But it's still quite cool. Yeah, and it looks it looks shimmery. The fact that it's very obviously CGI kind of works in its favour because yes. it's so sci-fi. Yes, it's kind of like Terminator Two, you know, in yeah. the old metal thing. It, it that works to its yeah advantage. To what it's what it's working. Um, with. Yeah, and, like, and the interior of the ship is very sort of like this is a kids' movie and this is a spaceship. That I really like that though. No, he, I love it. The first time he walks in, you see it. It's just like this weird. Just this shiny silver space, but... Like an upmarket Doctor Who set. Yeah, but it's like, there's not like, oh, and here's little dials and buttons and things. It's like, everything's sort of blank and then things sort of pull out of the walls. Yeah. Things come up like a seat. I think that was really nicely designed. Mm. It feels not human. Yeah. Like, it doesn't fit him particularly well. Yeah. And I really like that. Um, It's cool. And there's a bunch of, like, puppets, like, like creatures that Mm. are just puppets. Um, in there and like we have a little bit of a thing where it's like oh look it's the thing from Planet Thing and like that's the thing yeah. from Planet Thing and you're like ah. and it's those like sort of crap Jim Henson knockoff things yeah I was looking at them and I was like I mean they're not Jim Henson <laughs> I can tell that from here but um, someone's done their best but th- that whole situation okay <clears throat> with the little animal things so the idea is that this ship is going around collecting animal specimens from worlds including a human and then he takes them back after he's done a bit of experimenting. Fair enough. But he's got this little menagerie in the ship. And so they're all these, yeah, kind of crap puppets that don't have enough life to them. They don't look real enough from mm. them. Like, they're just kind of... It's it's not been thought through because it's a bit of a throwaway thing. Yeah. Like, oh, we're just going to do this one scene. And it's just like... Yeah. But I feel like that's there for kids. But... Like, when I said in my little notes I made, like, I did not remember any of that. Yeah. When it actually happened, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember, yeah, this sort of thing. But 
And he ends up taking one of these little creatures. Yeah, he accidentally stowaways one of the little like bat-like creatures, and put, and it's in his rucksack, and it comes out at the end on the boat, and he like pushes it back in, and he's like, shh, yeah. wink, wink, and you're like, <laughs> how is that going to survive in like on Earth? Like, what are you going to feed it? What if you find that it, it the closest thing to a food is like human blood? Like, what? You can't, you can't do that. Like, I know it's a kids' movie, but there was no establishing that this thing would be okay on Earth. It could be suffocating right now as we speak like <laughs> but the, the problem with that is that if you're going to give him a little creature psychic do something with it it's like yeah. it's it's they obviously have no confidence in it it's it's obviously just like a finger puppet <laughs> like there's yeah, nothing yeah. there's nothing to it like, <laughs> someone's hand is in it, the backpack like it doesn't, it doesn't it. have any personality it doesn't have any no, it, has, it doesn't have any character really. family is its planet is destroyed that's all we know about it and that's why it was on the spaceship yeah, but the I mean, last of its kind. The idea is, yeah, he takes these specimens and then he puts them back. He goes back in time to put them back exactly where he took them. Mm-hmm. So presumably he would have taken that creature back in time and put it back on that planet. But he knows in the meantime that that planet's been destroyed. Yeah. So he should still take it back, yeah, and put yeah, it back, yeah, and let yeah. it be destroyed. <laughs> like, that's kind of what the universe is, is doing. But you know. yeah, it, and like. I guess it's also meant to be like a proof that oh I did have these adventures and that stuff did happen but like no one was questioning that I was like no I believe you I've I've watched you it's, yeah and like <laughs> but again it's just one of those things it feel it feels like they're ticking some boxes here like oh yeah. and there's a little weird creature puppet thing yeah he has something yeah. at the end yeah yeah it feels really like not very well thought through yeah like someone wanted to make a kids movie yeah. And, like, I thought maybe it was based on a book, but then there's not enough information in the movie for it to have come from any source that I'm aware of, unless it was, like, a four-page picture book. Yeah, exactly. Because not... there's very little <laughs> stringing it together. Um, yes. Why do we open a dog frisbee competition? Do you know what I mean? Like, Because then the dog doesn't come with him on his adventures. So why... It's like the pig in Moana. <laughs> The pig was such a big thing on the build-up to watching Moana, and then everyone went to see Moana, and the pig stayed on the beach, and the chicken went with her. And everyone was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Where's the pig? Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, why have you bothered to establish this character to then leave it behind for the, like, crux of the adventure? (laughs) Fucking what? The pig was too smart, the thing is... Disney Pixar, they love animals that are stupid, and, like, have, yeah, and are pointing the wrong direction. Yeah, but then, like, push the chicken... (laughs) Like, spider pig. Don't push the pig. Do you know what I mean? Like, get everyone pumped for the chicken so we're ready to go on this chicken adventure. Not the pig that's in I'm all the I'm not sure you fully understood the point of Moana. <laughs> <laughs> the main character was the chicken's Moana, right? Um, in, in Back to Flight and Navigator, we, the kid basically, about the halfway point in the film, it's a pretty simple hour and a half film, about the halfway point is when he gets to the ship. So, <laughs> yeah. this movie lasted my entire life. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, it's only in half." <laughs> like nine hours later, I was like, "Ah." See, it's, that's part of it. You lost time. You <laughs> yeah. <"Ugh."> <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he he gets on board the ship. They can't open the ship, but it opens for him. He goes on. It's quite a cool visual, and then it all kicks off because the ship, uh, this little robot ship thing. Which actually, I think, is again the good uh, design of the ship. The little, 
basically it's a a, a, a light on a lever thing yeah, that has enough foil, but it's it's good emotion to it like little things on it that move yeah. the eye it's like an eye that's blinking and stuff it's it actually does create a lot of character. Mm. Good bit of puppeteering. It has a personality. It's well mm-hmm. voiced. Well, the voice at first, it's a robot voice. And it's like, yeah. it doesn't have much personality. But in that kind of, uh, I, this is logical, Captain, kind of way. Mm-hmm. So it works. The kid doesn't, can't get him to agree with things. And like, oh, I do not understand this concept of secret. Yeah. And, <laughs> what do you mean, promise? Yeah. What is laughing? <laughs> what is this uh, thing you call love? And yeah, so... He has that bit, and then when he they fuse mind mind meld to to get the star charts out of his brain or whatever, then he has a personality because he's picked up human nature from this kid, and so he changes. I think again that's a really good concept. It's perhaps something you needed to have the robot thing at the the, uh, like in the second act, and then he becomes like a third rather than halfway through or whatever. Yeah, but I think that's a nice concept. That never quite comes to everything it should be. Again, it feels like a film that's not. It needs to target certain areas more. Yeah. Like this whole bit here, you can get rid of that. It's boring. Yeah. Do this bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a kid on a spaceship adventure. Great. Yeah. And then everyone's on board with that. But like, we're then with this like new personalized robot for like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Just flying around. He's learning like human catchphrases. Learning what going for a piss is. Yeah. Like. But then they never even, like, never quite make anything like that. It's like in Terminator 2 where it's like he's learning, like, how to smile oh, and all that. Like, yeah, it's just like they, they never quite do it. It's like they never. Yeah. It's just this kind of weird hodgepodge of stuff. And and the, the, the computer is voiced by Paul Rubens, mm-hmm. who is probably the most famous member of the cast actually <laughs> but he was peewee of course in the 80s like that's uh, what he was known for randall kleisler the director of this film directed did, yeah. a peewee film two years later so i think he was already established as that character at that point and they must have known each other but he he does it under a different name yeah so it's not him but when it was the robot voice it was like that doesn't sound right, Paul Rubens at all. But then, mm. as soon as there's any personality in it, he's like he's basically doing the Pee Wee laugh. It's like he's just yeah. doing that. So, I mean, doing it under a pseudonym is kind of like, well, you just sound like <laughs> I don't know what you're doing the exact very specific laugh that Pee Wee yeah. heard. So, I think once there's a bit more personality to it, it does come to life more. But yeah, again, it just needed nailing down more. Like, what is this? Yeah, what's, what's the personality? What, what, what are we trying to say with this movie? What are the themes? What are the like? Because what are the themes? Remember to love your family. Like what? Yeah. What are the themes? Appreciate what there's, you've got. There's I don't no know. lessons. There's no point. It's just a bunch of crazy things that happen, and then the movie ends. And there's not there's not really character arc for the kid as well. Like the only thing yeah. is, is like he's falling out with his little brother, and then at the end, they're like yeah, they're friendly like... with him. But that happens every day. You have a fallout, yeah. and, then, and then you come back, and it's like, "Well, we're twelve. And you don't need to have gone eight years into the future to meet him as a sixteen-year-old to appreciate him, because you're gonna appreciate him when you're older anyway. Like that's how siblings work. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was just a bit weird. But that is the whole. I think you're right. That's the problem with the film is that nothing happens. It's like yeah. there's no there's no hook to anything. I was like, I haven't learned anything. <laughs> and then this whole sort of final sec. Well, the whole sort of second half of the film is him. He's trapped in NASA base, but he's in a spaceship. And so he decides, well, you know what? I want to go home. I want to go to my family. That's what I want. Which for a 12-year-old, I think that's a valid motivation. Yeah. The problem with that is that, you know, 
then there's this whole plot arc of him getting home and this whole thing where, you know, he doesn't know the way, which it just doesn't translate at all because it's just yeah. like, what do you mean? If I put it in your Google Maps, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Like, but I think... Like, like okay, fucking spaceship. It's, it's 1986, yeah. You've just downloaded your star charts into the ship, but it doesn't know the roads of Fort Lauderdale. So it's like, okay, fair enough. But then it becomes this whole big thing where this is the journey of the film. Yeah. And it's come too late for a start and it's yeah. just so nothing. It's like... It's like, it's oh like, no, we're in Tokyo, a uh, doy, let's leave. And uh, it's like a well, shot no, of Tokyo. I don't know, I think like, that was a really culturally sensitive oh. representation of Tokyo. Because <laughs> it lasted three seconds. <laughs> and it's a load of Japanese people taking pictures. For fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and then we like. So and then, I mean, I did laugh at this. We get to Al's Gator City, and he goes, Oh, Al's Gator City, this must be Florida. And I was like, lol, I think that is, lol, Florida. I think that is, yeah, just taking the piss out of Florida, isn't it? And, yeah. um, <laughs> and, and then, like, this bit was kind of nice, like, more of this, because this was memorable. So they land, and, like, Al is there, and he's just, like, literally frozen staring at this spaceship, and he is for this entire scene, and it's quite funny. Yeah. Because um, then the kid's like, can I borrow some change to call my mom? So then he, like, borrows some change and he goes to the phone and he's, like, talking to his family. Meanwhile, some tourists, like, a family pull up in a car and they're like, hey, can uh, my wife use the little girl's room? Which makes me feel sick. But it's <laughs> fine because then the kids are like, wow, look at the spaceship. And the dad's like, don't touch it, kids. That thing won't have insurance, which is funny. And he's, like, talking to Al and he's like, hey, this is really good. Like, fuck your gator shit. This spaceship's going to make you a lot of money. It's, how'd you make that kind of thing? And Al is obviously still, like, frozen looking at the spaceship and the kids are playing with it and they're taking a picture in front of it and this is all happening whilst also he's contacting his family who are trying to keep it secret from NASA so it's very tense it's very exciting it's very funny and it was a very good scene mm. I thought and then he comes back and he's like excuse me and he gets onto his spaceship and it like blah, 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 like flies away and the tourists are like what the fuck and Al's just there and he goes he just said he wanted to call home <laughs> and like it just and I was like that if that if this whole movie had been more of that like, perhaps it would have been better. Just well-structured, neat little scenes that are funny mm. and clever. It's serving two purposes also, at once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I really remember that scene because yeah. I was like, this is good. I like this yeah. bit. It's funny. Yeah. Like, yeah, like in any other scene, it would have just been him calling home. And yeah. it was just been him on the phone. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Also, he said, Al says at the end he just wanted to phone her, which is an E.T. Him. reference, obviously. Yeah, that was which it. I was thinking of this, because this was four years after E.T. was made. Oh, wow. And um, recently on uh, on the podcast that I do, we did The Thing. In mm-hmm. fact, it was coming out this week. Um, <laughs> and we were The Thing was made at the same year as the E.T. And we kind of talked a little bit about uh, the differences there. Whereas E.T. is this very family-friendly, look, aliens are really cute and mm. they're nice. Whereas the thing is, like, this alien's going to kill everyone. Yeah. And, and like, so I was trying to figure out where this fell in terms of that. Like, E.T. has now made uh, aliens friendly. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it was like, I think ALF, Project ALF was on telly. Oh, it was by cats. Yeah, but he was a nice guy. <laughs> no, the thing is, no, the, 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 that's the beauty about ALF. He wants to eat the cow, but he never does. Oh, okay. That's why it's, I it remains like, I, never, I, wasn't re- I didn't really know ALF. I just know that he eats cats and he looks a bit like a... Like a... Something on a fraggle rock. <laughs> But I think at this point in the 80s, like aliens were friendly. Yeah. We don't really get any aliens in this film. There's these no. little puppet creatures, but they're not, they're sentient, but they're not kind of communicative in that sense. Yeah. But, and the, the alien representation that we have is a, a, a robot, a drone robot. Yeah. And we don't really know is this like an intelligent 
is this AI or is this actually kind of a consciousness or yeah. we never quite get any is resolution is it the about. ship or is it part of the ship like yeah. we don't know anything about its planet or it's from or what it wants mm. really other than the basic and I don't think we, I don't think we do need to know that I think it's okay uh, I think we need we need something more from the kid but mm. I think that's okay it's just the concept of it's almost like it was based, it feels like it's based on a roller coaster called Flight of the Navigator where you sit down and you like uh, pilot this ship and there's like weird creatures that you come across and they're like, hello, we're from planet blah, 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 and our thing's blown up, so we live here now. And then you've got the Pee Wee Herman, like, stick with tinfoil that's there to be like, now go left, we're having a great time. Do you know what I mean? And then someone was like, let's make that into a movie. You're and right, someone it someone was like, like, Back to the Future's popular, let's put a time hop in there. And then it just sort of happened. But I don't think it was a roller coaster. I would, uh, I would <laughs> no. forgive it more if it was like a theme it park really, It would make a good roller coaster, you're right. <laughs> it would make a fucking it's like, Great roller you'd, you'd be going in and like Paul Rubens' voice would be like, "Keep your arms in!" Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. it'd be all that. It'd be really cool, and then like, and you'd like, like fly this ship, and it'd be like a mixture of like VR and like, like the Hogwarts rides that you get now, and the, the crazy like, the, the, make this into a roller coaster, Disney. <laughs> Stick it in there. You've got some form of rights on it. Get Pee Wee Herman in. I think they've disavowed it. <laughs> <laughs> One thing the film is really missing is it, it just doesn't take make the most of its opportunities. It's, there's so much elements where you could have fun yeah. with it, or you know, some more personality in. And the kid at the centre of it is kind of a nice little kid, but it's, if anything, is a bit too real. A kid. I liked it. It was one of the most endearing parts of this movie. I think I'm I'm sick of cocky twelve year olds mm. that are like, come on, let's just do the thing because I'm twelve and I don't fear death. Like, this kid is like, yeah. I miss my parents, and I'm going to take these risks for them, but I'm also petrified of doing it. But I'm also dumb enough to not really understand the consequences of my actions. Yeah. I was like, I'm on board. But I know what you mean. For a movie, it's a bit like, there's a reason no other protagonist is like this. Yeah. I, but I think you could make it... I like the reality of the character. I think that's one of its best features. Mm. But just put more around in then. Like, yeah. Plus, you've got this AI robot computer thing that you can do anything you want with. <laughs> yeah. Especially as, like, he downloads a human personality by accident. Oh, he, and, like, he plays some music. He, like, learns what the radio is, and then he plays some music, and they're, like, bop into this, like, 70s jam yeah. while they're flying. And I was like, this is cool. I like <laughs> this. This is fun. More of this. Um, so there were moments that I was like, oh, I'm watching again. And then there were yeah. moments where I was like, and back to whatever I'm doing. Yeah. But there's so much opportunity here. Yeah, yeah. It has some I... really good ideas. This this is the kind of shit that needs a remake. Yeah. Fuck remaking decent Academy Award winning children's movies into <laughs> crappy, subpar, only so we can push more marketing opportunities children's movies and start taking shit like this that had so much potential and make it good give it to like Taika Waititi and like mm. get or like or like get like fucking James Cameron to produce it so there's a lot of money behind it so then you can do something cool with it and like do you know what I mean like remake this shit stop remaking the fucking Lion King stop <laughs> it you're welcome again like, isn't space coming back into fashion? I don't mm. fucking know. And nostalgia's in fashion, so, like, they'll lap it up. Oh, it was originally a 1986 movie. Brilliant. That's all they need to know, and they'll go and see it. Like, 
and it will be better. That's the trouble now, though. You would have to go back in time further. Like you, you'd start, you'd start it in the eighties, but then he would wake up in like modern times. He'd been gone for thirty years. Oh no, no, no! You can still do the eight-year time skip because I like it. I like the number. Just figure it out more. Think more about what would have changed, especially if you do it in an era where a lot of stuff has changed. Because you've got to start it in the eighties because the eighties are hot right now, thanks to Stranger Things. And then you've got to set it in the push it into the nineties because the nineties are hot right now in terms of fashion and like nostalgia and like Barbie, Furbies. All these nineties things are coming back. So it's the perfect time to do this movie. Start it in the eighties. Wake up in the nineties. Like you can, and then you can have cool throwbacks to every one of those eras in the same movie do you know what i mean even if you don't make it exactly the same kind of plot like you've like it's so it would be so fashionable right now to remake this movie and just set it in that sort of era instead of 70s to 80s because it didn't even look it look i thought we were in the 80s when they opened nothing about it that said 70s well well that's because we're too far removed from that but it's just like the only thing that's sort of obvious is like the mother's hair changes yeah like from a sort of 70s cut to more 80s but that's it like there's not like there's certainly technological changes throughout the late 90s early 2000s are more significant than they were like 70s early 80s yeah like the internet and exactly and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, so if you were doing this now, like you'd wake up in 2019 and be like, "What? What the fuck is YouTube? What's this music oh, really? on the internet?" This, this is the thing. If you woke up, if it was the 80s to 2019, it would be it would be too overwhelming. Yeah. But if you're like sort of mid 80s and then sort of late 90s, you've got the birth of the internet, and yeah, you've still got like YouTube and you've still got all of this like different music and fashion and like there was enough technological changes like cell phones had come in like all they of still these weren't, the thing is like 80s to 90s like it wasn't that much different in those terms like but it's still different still enough common. that like I don't know I don't know I just feel it's because it'd be hot right now as well mm. because both those eras are hot right now yeah um because you don't really see like even the movies that were coming out, the 80s is so, you know, bikes down the road, Stranger Things, and then you don't really see that in the 90s. It's all grunge. They were trying, yeah, they were trying to not... They were now staying indoors and playing with their computer games, kind of, mm. kids. So, like, I don't know, like, there's there's yeah. room there. Someone go write it. Like, it <laughs> would be... it would it, You would make a buck. Like, just fucking get some decent people behind it, cast one of the people from Stranger Things as a character in it <laughs> and just like go from there like you're welcome maybe make the main character a girl whoa <laughs> fucking go for it like you're welcome <laughs> but there is apparently talk of doing a remake um, actually officially uh, over okay. the years I was reading about this but it doesn't seem like anything's particularly coming about but it's definitely been talked about a lot and um, the Jim Henson company were, were wanting to do it at one point that would be good which would make sense yeah but I think I think even that's kind of outdated now. Like you would just do a CGI now, wouldn't you? Well, Dark, Dark Crystal's just come back, and and like with the Force Awakens doing lots of practical effects, that was very popular. So if you made a good one and a half hour kids movie that jumped timelines between the 80s and the 90s and you had Jim Henson behind you and you had a solid idea, you could just make a family friendly throwback movie that reminds everyone of their childhood but also entertains the kids of today and it i think i think you could do it i think you could make a solid movie it doesn't have to be four hours long 
Um, it doesn't have to take any tropes. Just someone with an imagination come and take this concept and do it. Like, it could be really good. Mm. We'd have to find a plot, though, because this film doesn't have one. Yeah, maybe the, steal the main. The, the main thrust of this something. plot is him trying to find his way home. Yeah. It's, it's but it's not even home. like home without... It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I need to just... Excuse me, do you know the way to this? Yeah, Vail. it's that way. Oh, cheers. Oh, like, that's, about, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. basically all that happens, except he's yeah. in a spaceship. But, like, you could, with this concept, like, you could come up with a plot. You just mm. have to come up with more... There's no real villain in this movie. Yeah, exactly. The, the NASA guys... Um, are portrayed as the villains, basically, as in they're trying to stop him stealing this spaceship. Yeah, and stop like... touching our stuff. You're a scientific miracle. Stay here yeah. with us. We're giving you like the best treatment. And they want to test him, but it's not like they're like, oh, we want to cut your brain. It's just like yeah. you know, they're testing his brain. With stuff. They do a very poor job of sort of explaining things to him and making yeah. him fit. bedside manner is not there. But uh, and, but like you could even make that work like because they're, they're scientists they're in their own little world they don't they don't quite understand yeah, that this kid no is like freaking out manner, yeah right. like have some of that and so then Sarah Jessica Parker is the one who like makes him feel better or whatever yeah but even that never comes across I think that's probably what it's supposed yeah. to be but, but it, it just doesn't work. it just feels like they don't care and yeah you need add a few more stakes bit more tension better soundtrack done. Yeah. You've done it. <laughs> <laughs> Better movie. But that whole ending, like, he, him getting home. Like, he, he gets home and he succeeds. But yeah. the problem is, like, everybody knows he's there because he's in a yeah. giant fucking spaceship. Yeah. So it's like, what was the point of any of that then? Yeah. <laughs> like, because the whole point is like, oh, yeah, and we secretly go, my brother's going to set off a signal on the roof. He's going to set off fireworks <laughs> yeah. on the roof. No <laughs> one will see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? So, and then like, this enormous spaceship comes happening. in. So I don't know what his end game was. That they're all looking for. Like, yeah, I don't... Which, so that's kind of the problem with the whole plot. It just never makes any sense. Mm. Because the spaceship's personality is informed by his brain. Like, you could do something where they've got some kind of weird connection. Yeah. Or or they're like brothers, and then do some sort of brother allegory that, that he then plays off with the other thing. It's like, there we go. There's, See, so, there's, much, so, much there's so many more elements everywhere. that you could do here. Yeah, and it's just like this film does achieves none of them at all. <laughs> So my ultimate kind of takeaway was this film was a bit crap, and uh, I, I honestly don't really know what would appeal to a child about this film. No. On a grand scale, like you could probably show clips and they go, "Oh yeah, that's cool," but like to sit down and watch a film. Yeah. I don't know. So that was Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> I mean, watch it if you fancy, but. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it as a film. Maybe with sort of seeing a trailer or something to yeah, get a sense of it. Or like, you know, watch some clips of it. Hmm. Nah. I'd be very interested <laughs> if anyone else even remembers the film. Yeah, if you do remember it, like, email us, tweet us, Instagram us. Like, let us know and let us know what you thought. Like, maybe there's someone out there that's like, this was my favourite movie of all time. And I'd be fascinated to know why yes. <laughs> not in a rude way <laughs> but like <laughs> why yeah. like what was it about it that was endearing at that time or was it made and was everyone in the world like eh three stars <laughs> like, I, I suspect that's the case yes yeah well thank you right. for coming on and picking a movie that like was actually took some thought because I was like oh this isn't good now I have to like, <laughs> think about it and I can't just gush <laughs> Yeah, um, do you want to plug your podcast? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I do a podcast called Diminishing Returns. Um, it's hosted by me and another guy called Sol. And we have uh, guests as well. And you are being on our show. So yes. you are going to be on our show talking about Charlie's Angels. Oh, yeah. 
the episode will come out on the 11th of November. Nice. I don't know if that's... I don't know if this, this is episode is going out after that, so it might already be available. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh, yeah, what we do is we sort of take a film, usually a franchise, and we kind of go through the whole thing and uh, and we we kind of just review it essentially. But then we throw in ideas for how we we feel like it could be uh, remade or mm. a sequel or or some sort of continuation of it. Usually quite tongue-in-cheek, but sometimes, like we've just done with Flight of Navigator, like try and come yeah. up with a way to make this work. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it's like my instinct is to go, well, yeah. how do I fix how this? Fix this? <laughs> no, I do that all the time. Uh, but yeah, so we've we've been going for a few years, so we've got lots of episodes, um, and it's similar to this. It's like we focus on a particular franchise or whatever, or mm-hmm. film. So there's going to be episodes that you're like, I've never seen that film. It doesn't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. But like, we've got 177 episodes. At the yeah, moment. so <laughs> there's like, there's hopefully for anybody there'll be stuff there. You go, oh yeah, I watched that. I've mm-hmm. seen that. I can think I can sort of relate to that. Uh, and you know, it's quite funny. I think hopefully. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. I can match. We that. had a really good time when you came on. Actually, you yeah, fitted in with us really. If you like this show, you'll probably like ours because yeah, it's I, true. the the dynamics are quite similar. Mm-hmm. Like the, the tone of it feels quite similar, which is why I invited you on to, the, to do the thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, go to dimreturns.com is sort of the easiest way to just find all the information because all the web all the all the episodes are hosted there on our website. <clears throat> but we are on Facebook, like. Diminishing Returns podcast, Twitter, and stuff like that. So we're on all the you're stuff. You're on Instagram now. I, yeah, I've just started an Instagram, so <laughs> by the time you listen to this, I may have given up. <laughs> but hopefully it'll be there. Uh, but yeah, if you look if you look for Diminishing Returns in iTunes, find the Diminishing Returns with the grey logo and little people on it, and uh, you'll find us. It's definitely Amazing. worth trying. Yes, it is. It's a very good podcast. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I like it. Um... So, I've been Emily Slade. You can find Why This Film on Instagram at Why This Film. You can find us on Twitter at Why This Film. We're on Facebook at Why This Film Podcast. And you can always email into us at whythisfilmpodcast at gmail.com. Especially if you watched Flight of the Navigator as a kid. And especially if you enjoyed it. Please let me know. I need to know if these people exist. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Emily Slade 01. I'm on Instagram at Emily Slade 001. Um, Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you next time on Why This Film. Bye! We watched the film and we talked about it, but now it's time to say goodbye. We'll be back again with another movie that makes you want to ask why. Why? Why This Film podcast has a Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get paid. Head to patreon.com forward slash why this film podcast and you can select a tier. For £3 a month, you can join Camelot and enjoy early access to episodes, including seasons one to three. You'll get to vote in polls and get a personal shout out on the pod. For £5 a month, you can join Fern Gully with instant access to everything from Camelot. Fern Gully members can also enjoy bonus content, live episode voting power, plus access to monthly movie night. Grab your popcorn and a drink of your choice as we pajama up and watch a movie together remotely. And for £10 a month, you can join the Enchanted Forest, where on top of everything from Camelot and Fern Gully, you can be part of a live episode where we all discuss a movie chosen by you. And if you're not into 80s and 90s animated tiers, you can skip all that and make a custom pledge of an amount that suits you. 
or you can head over to co-fi.com forward slash why this film podcast and buy me a coffee with a one-off payment. We will be adding hot chocolate to that coffee and probably cream and marshmallows and sprinkles, but you don't need to worry about that. Thank you to all who donate and thanks to my patron David for supporting this episode on Patreon. Why This Film Podcast is my happy place. I love chatting to guests and revisiting long lost movies and I hope you do too.